Sawadi Kap, and welcome to the mouth of the Mekong. Those are my friends who live just up the road. It's Friday, December 6th. My name is Michael, and I am the mouth, a longtime senior Asia correspondent for National Public Radio, NPR, now recovering. And I live on the Mekong where Laos, Myanmar, and Thailand meet. Only this week, I'm not at home, but 500 miles to the south and west in Bangkok, watching the Thais try to commit political suicide again. You're probably aware of the politically motivated violence that broke out in the capital last week. It left at least five people dead and hundreds more injured, not to mention the potential cost to foreign investment and the vital tourism industry just before the holidays. But the protagonists in this conflict, those trying to unseat the democratically elected government and those trying to preserve it, abruptly hit the pause button on Wednesday. Why? Because the king's birthday was fast approaching and to continue fighting on the king's birthday would have been beyond disrespectful. Protest leaders acknowledged this when they announced their timeout in their effort to topple Prime Minister Yingluck Shinawat, but vowed to continue their efforts immediately after the king's birthday. And that set the stage for yesterday's speech by King Bumiponda Doyedet, carried live on TV and radio all over the country. The 86-year-old King Bumipan appeared frail. He spent much of the past four years in the hospital, and though his voice was weak, sometimes distressingly so, it still carries more moral authority than any other in Thailand. And so it was that many people listened to his brief speech yesterday, hoping the revered monarch might use the opportunity to directly address the cancer eating at the Thai body politic. That didn't happen. The king spoke slowly, haltingly, seemingly with great effort. And he spoke only in generalities with a call for national unity and stability. But there was no direct reference to the ongoing political crisis. The ceremony at the king's palace in Hua Hin was attended by many in the upper echelon of Thai society, including senior members of the military, embattled Prime Minister Yingluck Shinawat, and some of her political rivals. And with the speech over, some in both camps are trying to spin it as a call for the other side to capitulate. It seems unlikely either side will give in, and it's difficult not to see a link between the king's fragile health and the state of Thai democracy. The man leading the effort to topple the government has now clarified what he wants in its stead, a people's council that would be appointed, though it's not clear by whom, to lead the country and rid it of the endemic corruption the opposition blames on Prime Minister Yingluck's brother, deposed Prime Minister Thaksin Shinawat. And Yingluck, no telling what she'll do next with her back to the wall, and no real sense yet on what the traditional power broker here, the military, will decide to do either throw its weight behind the opposition, as it has in the past, or refrain from getting involved directly again. There have been 18 coup attempts by the military since 1932. The last one removed Yingluck's brother Toxin from office in 2006. But that doesn't mean the army can't serve as an honest broker this time around and force the two sides to compromise to avoid further turmoil. It's been a bumpy ride lately for Thai democracy, and the short term doesn't look all that bright, but here's hoping the king rallies and tie democracy, too. That's it for this week. Any comments, criticisms, suggestions, hit the contact button at mouthofthemekong.com and have at it. Talk to you, with you, at you again next week.